0: Back And BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all of the -the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available Anywhere online, head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, but online where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast, where we talk about entertainment, media, and sports law topics and law and management uh, across the country and across the globe. As always, appreciate you making us number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. This is episode 35 of season five, and uh, as always, appreciate you being with us. Today, we have uh, an interesting topic where we're looking at um, TKO and um, and not in terms of technical knockout, which you would think of uh, in sort of the boxing setting, but yeah. Um, sort of makes sense from the name of the company in terms of what's happening. Uh, So TKO Group Holdings is a new company that was just formed uh, in a $21 billion merger between the Ultimate Fighting Championship or UFC and World Wrestling Entertainment or WWE. Uh, And these are both properties owned by Endeavor, uh, also known as uh, William Morris Endeavor IMG and all the properties that occur uh, sort of under that umbrella. Uh, this is a huge company, and um, and one that, uh, frankly, um, you know, at, at one point it used to be that CAA was sort of the big, uh, the big player, uh, and they still are. They're still obviously a, a big company, and and doing a lot of work in the sports media and entertainment uh, uh, realm. But Endeavor has really sort of taken it to another level um, by owning. Properties like UFC and WWE and IMG and um, and clearly um, is uh, making moves in the film and television space. Obviously, uh, there was some cutback to that with the the last go around in negotiations with the writers in terms of um, having to uh, sell off some of its ownership and production, Uh, but clearly is still moving forward as is CAA. But obviously, this. Um, this week's episode is really focusing on this deal with um, to merge these two companies, and of course TKO being sort of a, um, you know a reference to boxing and uh, and clearly obviously a reference in uh, in UFC uh, with sort of mixed martial arts uh, less of a reference obviously in, in in wrestling because that's more about entertainment and and um, not in terms of a uh, it's more of a scripted competition. Although, you know, the best wrestlers in the world will tell you that uh, clearly they've been injured. Uh, it's clearly a physical exertion. Um, so even though it's scripted, it's still, uh, you know, quite a difficult task and it takes a certain skill set to do that job. But we wrote a while back and talked about on this podcast, maybe, a, maybe about a few months ago uh, with the deal. It was, I think it was a $9 billion deal uh, where Endeavor um, essentially purchased, um, WWE. And this is such that that deal alone is it's, you know, in my mind, uh, it's sort of it's really fascinating that it occurred and that Endeavor was able to pull this together. And I and that's what we're going to focus on in this podcast is um, is what it means and, and what it might mean going forward for not only TKO as a as a holding company under Endeavor's umbrella, but I think also from the standpoint of what it means for the industry in general. And uh, I think, again, this is just a fascinating time in sports and entertainment where you have valuations of teams continuing to go up. You have uh, obviously NIL in the college sports space. You have conference realignment in the college sports space. Uh, And of course, it was announced yesterday that um, CAA had purchased um, Lockerverse, which is an NIL platform um, with sort of NFT and metaverse opportunities for both college and professional athletes. So now they'll be able to um, essentially create, um, let's say, financial opportunities for some of their athletes. And, of course, going back to Endeavor for a second, Endeavor doesn't just own UFC and WWE now. It's also, and obviously, with IMG and that huge platform that it has there, uh, with a lot of its athletes, but it also is a representation agency in the entertainment and sports space. It has some production as well through Endeavor Content. So clearly, uh, this is a, a huge company, and uh, making big moves um, to sort of make this happen. So I want to break this down a little bit now. This merger with between WWE and UFC under the Endeavor umbrella is significant for several reasons. The first is is that it's it's really commendable that Endeavor uh, Endeavor owned UFC saw uh, something in WWE where others did not because. WWE was clearly for sale, and Vince McMahon was looking to looking to sell it after he had uh, come back to become CEO of the company again. Uh, ESPN, Amazon, a number, number of other studios, Apple, uh, streamers, and cable providers could have purchased WWE, but they didn't make the move. And I don't know why that is. I think maybe it's because they were ignoring the profits that occur under WWE and the sellout crowds. Or maybe it's just because they didn't see the WWE as a, um, a good partner. Um, it, it's sort of uh, an interesting sort of sports entertainment mixture of what they provide, but clearly it's popular. Um, and I think overall it probably made the most sense for WWE to combine with them, with UFC. Um, but, you know, again, other buyers I'm sure came along and made bids. Uh, but um, you know, I again, if I was the head of a studio or ESPN or Amazon or something like that or apple, i I clearly would have made uh, a larger push to to obtain uh, such a successful property and one that has so much potential uh, because uh, you can script the entertainment and you can uh, bring in uh, some very interesting, uh, even actors that are on the outside or, um, but of course, now this is going to be a great opportunity because they're going to be able to promote uh, really these these things together. Um, they obviously won't be fighting together, but it clearly prevents uh, presents some opportunities, uh, I think. So, again, kudos to Endeavor for seeing this out and making the deal happen. Um, and and again, I think it's going to be a, a huge windfall for them. Um, you know, it also may be just that again. It's just not. It's not a traditional. Sports entertainment programming, let's say like live sports uh, in, the, in the big five or in some of the other sort of niche leagues that are popping up. But again, uh, just kudos to Endeavor for making the deal happen. I think, secondly, Endeavor has now positioned itself to provide um, a wide array of content, a wide variety of content to many households uh, and the public and in public venues for years to come. Uh, and again, this was not to mention the underlying talent representation business that it has in entertainment uh, media and sports so again now i'll come back to that second point in a bit about what that means in terms of when you offer such a wide variety of content um and and that sort of gets me to this next point which is if you look at wwe and ufc as sort of television deals and streaming deals and the ability to take their copyright and sell it for to a distributor to either a cable provider or streamer or both they are in my mind better situated than probably most entertainment licensors uh, in the next entertainment or sports licensors in the next five years than anybody else because they have these two combined properties um, and uh, clearly they're going to sell for billions of dollars i mean i would guess to say it would be in the multiple billions of dollars and what this sort of also shows is we're in an interesting time because Disney and Charter uh, just brokered a deal to have ESPN, uh, their ESPN channels, appear on, uh, on and within uh, the cable package, and this was a big deal. We talked about this last week and how Disney was Disney's uh, um, Disney owned ESPN might be in a bad situation because they would sort of see this as. Um, you know, they'd be losing, I think it was $2.2 billion a year if they didn't get the deal done. Uh, and of course, Charter was going to lose out on a bunch of customers because they wouldn't want to see ESPN. They would go to a streamer or somewhere else to find it. Of course, now with TKO, having both WWE and UFC under this sort of Endeavor banner, um, you're clearly going to have an opportunity to sell that content. And it's going to be very, very expensive and worth a lot of money. Uh, And of course, WWE and UFC can either be sold as a package or they can be sold separately. Either way, it's going to be a billion dollar, multiple billion dollar figure for this, depending on how large uh, or sorry, how long the contract is. So um, we'll sort of see how this is, but I do want to sort of recognize that the Disney charter deal affects TKO and other properties, let's say, when the SEC deal. Uh, they have an S- They have a deal coming up with the ESPN starting, I think, in 2024. And any time any other deals expire in terms of college football or any of the major sports, um, I-, I think that the WWE and UFC are probably, you know, not going to be at that higher level of the NFL or the NBA. Um, but you know, hey, maybe it rivals uh, soccer. Definitely, uh, maybe it rivals hockey, and maybe um, somewhere. Uh, somewhere in the baseball range. Of course, baseball is a little bit different because the deals are more localized with the teams versus being national television contracts, although we may see some changes to that in the future. But I think the Disney Charter deal, I want to highlight a couple of points as to what I think that deal means. One, it means that linear, cha- linear channels will serve as marketing windows to streaming platform packages, either as included ad based options, is and that's what the charter Disney deal did, um, or where there's premium options for, for a higher price, which is also what the Disney charter deal did. So it sort of, I think it gives an idea to people as to, and to sort of owners of these copyrights to say, hey, we can sell it and we can introduce sort of a lower end ad tier and then have a sort of premium tier for purchase, but it keeps people in the cable package, keeps them on the platform. And so where Disney you know, might miss out on a two bites at the apple where you're getting, you know, both ad and premium outside of a cable package. Now, one of those will be within side of a cable package. So I think it sort of provides a window of opportunity and a window for folks to see that content and not have to leave the cable package. So I think it's probably the best of both worlds. I think it was probably a good compromise. Both parties are probably not happy, uh, as they often say in a negotiation. It's usually, uh, usually a good deal. But anyway, I don't know if that's true in every sense, but that's definitely a a saying out there. Uh, And then the second point that I want to make is that television is still important. Um, And clearly linear television is still important. Otherwise, this deal wouldn't have been done. But I think that there's a lessening of this importance, especially as younger generations come along, because they're going to be continuously removed from watching or knowing about traditional cable because uh, they continue to rely on streaming and social media. So something to keep in mind. And again, as I mentioned, even though Disney loses on charging double for licensing in its in its um, streaming platforms, it still gets you know access to, um, has its content be to, to be accessible by folks using cable, but it's also a window, a marketing window into its premium options. So we'll sort of see how that plays out and what that might mean for TKO and the sale of Of UFC and WWE uh, towards uh, traditional cable streaming and social media platforms, when um, those those two content pieces become available, and of course um, the Disney Charter deal also paves the way for the NBA to come in uh, because its rights are going to be up soon, and those renegotiations um, are really going to I think open up some opportunities similar to the Disney. slash ESPN uh, charter deal uh, where you sort of see how that might work. And I think the NBA will probably do something similar where they have streaming options, they have non-streaming options, cable options, social media options, which seems to be the case the last few years anyway. I think diversification is, is, is really a smart move. Now, I, I do want to close on a couple points in this um, coming back to TKO for a second. And it's, I, I still think that uh, TKO may have another trick up its sleeve. Uh, there was an announcement yesterday um, uh, which would have been this idea that uh, Major League pick, uh, Pickleball, or MLP, and the PPA, which is um, the Professional Pickleball Association, have merged. Now, the current idea is that they're still going to keep both of their names, but they're going to sort of coordinate on scheduling. I think eventually this is going to become one league. They might have two divisions. Uh, but this will eventually become one league uh, under one sort of uh, CEO or one sort of group ownership or management, if you will. The growth of pickleball is has been has been tremendous. Um, and by the way, to buy content rights, you know, copyrights to to distribute that onto a streaming or cable package or both or social media or all three, it's not going to be as expensive as you would pay for the NBA, the NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, or Major League Soccer, um, but it might be a winning ticket for uh, for TKO um, in terms of adding an additional property, um, in terms of owning that distribution, uh, owning the rights to distribute that, right, um, and the rights for the copyright, and the rights to sell it to distribution, rather. I think this is potentially a fantastic opportunity for them, and if it's not pickleball, it may be another sport, Another growing sport, you know, where it might be, you know, let's say volleyball or it might be, um, um, you know, lacrosse or, you know, something like that. I think some opportunities are clearly going to open up. Another idea that sort of came to mind was Endeavor potentially purchasing an NIL platform. You know, there's been, you look at these companies like Open Doors and others and that are looking at, you know, how do you, you know, being in a situation where um, you can have an in-house platform that can help distribute content for your clients, and especially since Endeavor is so large in the um, representation business, something to think about. And it would follow CAA's move uh, in their purchase of LockerVerse uh, again, which is an NIL platform, name, image, and likeness platform for college and professional athletes. Um, you know, through uh, NFT and metaverse opportunities. And by the way, and his his craziest idea might be, if it could find the right social media platform, um, that would clearly also be an opportunity uh, for Endeavor to uh, have direct access to a platform um, that might be easier to coordinate things. Obviously, anytime you're buying um, a social media platform, you've got to deal with the FTC and uh, those regulations, and you still have to pay for advertising, uh, but Uh, That all being said, it could provide for um, a great opportunity. So we'll see how that plays out. But I I personally think TKO is, you know, as a publicly traded company is going to continue to be this sort of leader in entertainment and sports for years to come. Uh, And that's especially true uh, as long as UFC and WWE uh, stay popular with viewers, which doesn't seem like it's going to be, um, you know, sort of ending anytime soon. So, um, that being said, you know, appreciate you listening in. Again, this is uh, Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. As always, appreciate you being with us and listening in, making us number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by Bet Online, and we'll look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. <laughs>